When you picture the independent agent of the future, what do you envision? Is it a daily grind drowning in service requests and non-revenue generating activities? Or do you dream of a day when you're free to do all the things that you love about insurance, building and implementing effective marketing strategies and onboarding new clients while taking your agency to revenue heights you never thought possible? Well, my friends, the future is now. With the premier independent agent self-servicing platform, Glovepox, you can finally get back to what got you into insurance in the first place, the freedom. Let Glovebox, let the Glovebox platform deliver an amazing customer experience to your policyholders with direct-to-carrier connections. This is not connecting to your management system or anything like that, guys. This is direct connection with the carriers. With Glovebox, you can finally take back what you love about being an insurance agent and watch your revenue skyrocket. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Make sure you mention the Insurance Guys podcast for 20% off of your monthly subscription for life. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Severland, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? I'm the best I have ever been in my entire life. Bradley. Scott. I am so excited to be on a podcast with just you and I, just you and I. I Absolutely. I could keep going. It's kind of, it's kind of cozy in the zoom room we're in. I'm telling you what, a seating. We're in a seating. (laughs) Hey, Bradley, Bradley, let's tell all 250,000 insurance agents what Bradley has been through. Guys, my podcast partner and one of my best friends in the world has been in Navy SEAL school training. Coron- buds. <laughs> Coronado Beach, California. I know no, nobody knew he was going to be doing this, but he has been laying in eight inches of water for 15 to 20 hours at a time with a telephone pole in his arms, <laughs> reciting Navy SEAL chants, <laughs> and then getting to sleep one hour and doing it all over again. Bradley. Uh- Tell, tell them what you've been up to. <laughs> I've done everything but the one where they tie you and tie you up and throw you in the ocean and you have to figure out how to get out. I don't know that I would, I don't know that I could do that one. We, uh, we have a newborn as everyone listening to this knows and Scott so affectionately describes what I'm going through right now as Navy SEAL training, which I will add in front of God and country that my wife is, uh, doing way more than I am at night, but night times the last few weeks have been a little bit difficult. So he woke up, I counted eight times night before last. So I'm still feeling the effects of that for sure. Every parent, especially parents who have had multiple children, you always have that one kid that's colicky, that doesn't want to sleep, that wants to stay up all night. And every parent has mm-hmm. buds training stories about there was, you know, one time we stayed up for three days in a row. <laughs> Yeah. Every single parent has those stories, but this too shall pass. Yeah. He's a good baby. I, I don't want to act like it's we're having a rough go of it. It's just the last few weeks have been kind of difficult. And we had COVID. So not only having does having COVID make you more anxious mm-hmm. combined with the fact that you're sick, mm-hmm. the baby, I mean, I, I think he got it, but he never like 
it was not bad, you know? Right. Uh, and it was only bad for us for about 12 hours. And uh, so not only does that happen, but then that prevents other people from coming over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, it's so like, even like, like sometimes Laurel's parents would come over and my parents come over and it at least gives you that like 10 minute break where you're just like, oh, you know, and, right. and then combined with that, the nanny that we have that keeps him throughout the week, she's due to COVID. She was like, hey, I am not going to keep him this week since y'all are getting over COVID, even though we don't have it, which I understand she's elderly. So it, you know, it's just compounded with the fact that we're going to be, I'm going to be out of the office next week. So like, right. it's even more, you know, so what we're doing like during the week now is, is we're, I'm working half days. She's working half days. So as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm taking a, a beeline over to Laurel's office to go pick him up to keep him the second half of the day. She said it. So it's just been, it's been one thing after the other, but it's all, it's all worth it one day. You know, I'd rather do that stuff than not do that stuff. Um, because one day you're going to be like, wow, he's so grown. And I, that's, right. I'm going through that now with my daughter. I'm like, I looked at a picture. I saw a picture last night from when I moved into my first office of portal. I took a picture of her and I was like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe she was that small. Bradley, I've got bad news to report. Uh Oh, there is an 82% chance I'm getting divorced. Okay. And the, and I appreciate that response that you just gave. It was, <laughs> it, was it was, you know, a well, lot because of, I know. <laughs> a lot of people would have been, you know, oh my gosh, that's horrible. But you were like, okay, let's just deal with it. Let's just deal with it. Well, I know there's a punchline coming. So, well, guys, I've got bad news. I've got bad news. So, for years, and this is breaking news. This has just happened today. Uh, for years, my wife has always said her dream guy, like that, if she could, if she could mm-hmm. have like that one guy. Can I guess? Uh, what well, Jason it, it, Momoa? Jason Momoa. I got it right. And what is her name? Um, she was married to Lenny Kravitz. Her name is uh, Lisa Bonet. Have just announced this afternoon that they are uncoupling their marriage and going their separate ways. Kim Howell will be on a Delta flight out of Nashville to Los Angeles this afternoon <laughs> at 4 p.m. and uh, might not ever see her again. May never see her again. See, I knew there was a punchline. If you had <laughs> called me and told me that, it would have been a lot differently. But. So, so Bradley, think about this. Jason Momoa, who most women just, I mean, literally think, oh, my God. Lisa Bonet was like, you know what? I'm tired of your shit. Let's get mm-hmm. divorced. Let's get mm-hmm. divorced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got stuff. Guys, Everybody's I have got I, stuff. I also have an update today that I need to update our podcast audience about relative to the Justin Miller podcast that we did, where we went into an in-depth discussion about Crackhead Christie. So Uh my neighbor across the the street, Crackhead Christie, it's been a long time, been a few episodes since I updated everybody. So two weeks after the Justin Miller podcast came out on everywhere that you can get podcasts. My dog, my English bulldog, Nash, wakes me up at 5.30 in the morning to go take his usual 5.30 in the morning bathroom break. <laughs> now, now, let me explain something, guys. When Nash gets finished with his 5.30 in the morning bathroom break, he comes back in the kitchen and sits down, and that is in anticipation of his 5.35 a.m. Uh, <laughs> Little Debbie cake. You know, the little Debbie oatmeal cakes that you can buy that are, you know, everybody's eating a little Debbie oatmeal he, he cake. He really eats those? 
oh, hunt up, eats them. He That's eats hilarious. the whole thing. Like I drop the whole thing in his catfish <laughs> mouth, and he just swallows it. <laughs> then, then he goes and walks from around the kitchen and goes and puts his two front paws on the couch because in the morning he's too lazy to actually jump up on the couch, and I have to lift his back legs up to put him on the couch. And he remains on that couch every single day until 11.30 a.m. in the morning. That is his daily routine. <laughs> he is a sloth. He is a sloth. That is exactly right. So I get up out of bed. I walk him to the front door. And as I open the front door, I hear screaming. Like, Bradley, I mean, as loud of screaming as you can possibly hear, top of the lungs. Nash walks outside starts doing a little barking and I look across the street and she is in the driveway of her place and she is going batshit crazy, like screaming and yelling and talking about murder, yelling that she's going to murder somebody and all this stuff. So I thought about calling the police and I thought, nah, let's just kind of see what happens this morning. And so I go back and I'm getting ready. I don't know if I was getting ready for work or what I was doing. But later on that afternoon, I get the call from one of the neighbors who had called the police that morning because the whole three mile radius is hearing her screaming. Everybody she, hates her, I'm sure. She was picked up that morning. And as of then, which was probably two, two and a half, three months ago, she is in the detention center jail. But I, I know I took a video that night or morning. It was still pitch black outside of her. Bradley, I had never heard somebody screaming like this at the top of her lungs screaming. So anyway, let's talk insurance today. These insurance agents don't want to hear my crazy, unbelievable stories that are true. They want to hear about how we can help them in their agency. And we just wanted to wrap for a little while today because this is something we hadn't done in a long time. You have been kind of out of the podcast game for a while. Let me ask you, Trust Tree here, secret time, yeah. secret time. Do you actually listen to our podcast? Sometimes. Have you listened to any of the podcasts I've been doing for since? I did. Like, I did. Yeah, of course. Which, of course. Which, one is, which one was your favorite of My the ones you listened one to? was probably, probably Justin Miller. Really? Uh, because, yeah, because I had so many people reach out to me that morning, like, holy crap, the podcast this week. And I was like, I got to listen to it. The second, the second funniest one was the one where you interviewed the guy from, or not funniest, my second favorite one was the one that you listened, the one that uh, the guy from RPS. Uh huh. And I said, the funny part about it was, I don't know what's funnier. The fact that Scott interviewed like the RVP of, from RPS that didn't even tell me, or the <laughs> fact that you and Lou Gazatua made him sit there for five minutes while you talked about your men's lifestyle brand. Yeah, we <laughs> did. We like, did. We like, did. All right, guys. But uh, no, you know, so I go through cycles where I'll listen to uh, real upbeat music for like three months. Awesome. And I don't listen to anything else. And it's usually like the same 10 songs over and over. And then I'll go through cycles where I go, you know, heavy audiobook and right. it's just audiobook, audiobook, audiobook. And then I'll go through cycles where I do podcasts. Mm. And that's, you know, I listen to the music. Talk, okay, I'm tired of music. I'm going to start self education, you know, that sort of thing. Right. I'm in a, I'm in a music cycle right now. So typically what I do with our show, if I'm not on it, I listen to it usually. Mm -hmm. um, if I am on it, usually I don't listen to it. Now I'll pull it up and, listen to like the first few minutes just to make sure it sounds good and there's no right. like qual quality control issues. Sure. Um, Cause we have had that happen. 
and, and it's on our end, not Johnny's end, but it's, you know, our mics are screwed. You don't want to hear how my mic sounds, that sort of thing. Or if it's a guest that like drops some real bombs and I'm like, I want to listen to that again to take notes. Cause sometimes we'll be interviewing these guests mm-hmm. and they will drop such good knowledge, Yep. but I don't take, I don't actually digest it from a consumer standpoint at that time, because mm-hmm. I'm worried about the show and let's get the show rolling, right. you know? Um, and I'll go back and that's when I do that. So, but yeah, no, I'll listen to it. But yeah, I've, I have been a little bit out of the podcast game in terms of listening to show. I haven't really listened to anyone's shows recently. So um, I, I have did a, a phenomenal job and I, and I had to uh, clap my hands to you. Uh, oh man. My it, head. To, listen, you know, uh, uh, but it's just been, I've just had life has gotten in the way and there's just been some days where I'm like, Hey, look, I'm not going to do that today. So you know? that's but, what happened. We put a plan in place, Scott and I have for the new year. Every Thursday is our recording day. We're going to yep. record it, you know. So, and then, of course, we missed the first one. But, but uh, you know, so. Well, for me, I actually, I love podcasting. I really enjoy the energy. I enjoy interviewing guests. I enjoy spending time with them. I enjoy learning. I always learn something from every podcast that I'm on with, with one of our guests. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun for me. So for me, it's not work. You know, people are always saying yeah, things yeah. to me like, man, I know you're busy with the podcast. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it does take an hour or two or three a week out of my, you know, regularly scheduled, whatever I'm doing. But to me, it's just so much fun for me to do it that it doesn't seem like work. So I'm always like, yeah, well, it's not that bad. It's not that yeah. bad. Right. But Bradley, first question that I want to ask you and the most important question of the day, and I want all these podcast listeners to hear your answer. And I have not given him this question before we got on the podcast. Here's the question. That's her. <laughs> Bradley just found her and posted her on the no, I didn't. The zeding most important question of the day, Bradley. Here you re- are. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. When you think about the year 2022, yeah, what do you want your life to look like at the end of 2022 in terms of? personal life and your agency kind of where you are at that point in time. I want to get a full eight hours of sleep sometime between now and November. Well, uh, that's, that's a given. That's, that's all I want to do. Um, you know, I, I need to, uh, I need to get, uh, exceptionally better at the whole work life balance thing. I think that I'm really good at systematizing and prioritizing things in the, in the company. And I think, I need to take some steps on the personal side to make sure my family's getting ample time from me. Not that there's any bad thing, you know, but it's just like, Hey, it's with the baby. It kind of made me realize, Hey, if I'm not real easy, I could get real wrapped up in the work and nobody ever see me for a few days, you know? Right. And so putting more attention towards that is good. You know, I'm about to build a house. Hopefully we have that house done by this time next year or getting ready to be done by this time next year. So personal, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of it in that regard. You know, we're hoping to make a couple of uh, investments, whether it be rental properties or I'm big into like looking at storage units right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Laurel and I wanted to make a couple plays in that regard, you know, business wise, super high level. I'm trying to diversify outside of coastal. 
Mm-hmm. I like coastal. I'll always do coastal. The premium's good and the white space is huge. Competition sucks is what that means in case anybody's ever wondering when I say that. I want to make a couple acquisitions this year. One, if not two. I think we're in a Zoom world now and I think it's a whole lot easier to run an agency remotely than it would be a few, even just a, a year or two ago. Right. Um, so I've engaged with a couple of agencies recently. Nothing super set in stone, but I've engaged with a couple agencies nationwide uh, about acquiring them just to sort of diversify outside of coastal. I think we have some, uh, there's some upside too for me in acquiring some agencies and that sort of thing. Um, so I say that to say anybody listening to this, if they want to sell or know somebody, hit me up. But in looking at easy states, you know, like Tennessee, Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio, Kentucky, you know, states would be pretty easy to go into. But uh, I, I would assume, you tell me if I'm wrong, I would assume that the Midwest, that, you know, Wisconsin, yeah. Indiana, that those rates probably stay stabilized more than other states do, I would think, because they're uh, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan's probably an outlier. Ohio is a good one because it's like, it's kind of, they have the opposite problem of what Alabama has because nobody wants to be in Alabama. Everybody wants to be in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I give the example of we're going to do homeowners insurance in Ohio and we're disrupting the insurance industry. But yeah, you know, like that's, that's a big goal for me this year. You know, initially my plan was to do that via recruiting, you know, find an agent in Georgia to grow my Georgia book. And we still could do that. We still, mm-hmm. you know, are looking to do that kind of stuff, but I think it'd be easier to do acquisition. I think there's going to be a lot of people going into this hard market. I think in this hard market, I think there's a lot of people that are selling and based on some of the conversations I've had, that's, that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, to be completely honest with you, some of the ones I've talked to that have fallen through, it's because they are in some sort of ridiculously awful cluster agreement that I would have to move into, and it's just not worth it to me. I understand. And it's not worth it to a lot of people to think about that when you're making your decisions. But um, right. And then we want to add, you know, we want to add a couple more producers here at Portal. We've got one that just started uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I got COVID today started. And then I've got one more that I sent a job offer to yesterday that is supposed to call me uh, as soon as we're off this podcast and we're going to talk about it. So we're just hoping to add a couple produce, you know, no hard like production numbers. We're looking at real high level stuff. Our goal last year was to grow by a certain premium number. We barely, barely, barely missed that. Like in the $10,000 premium range, we barely missed that. Um, And this year, obviously that number is a lot higher. So I know that was a long answer, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. And, uh, but definitely, definitely, definitely much more focused on the personal side of things, uh, when it comes to, uh, 2022 compared to prior years. So the two producers that you just hired recently, uh, that we talked about off air, are they working from home or more home-based or are they coming into the office, you know, got an office or, a, a an area that they work out of? They are both here. I'm not opposed to the home thing. And yeah. in fact, most people, I would let them work from home if they wanted to, Yeah, you know, but um, we have a pretty unique and compelling culture here. And our office is also really, really cool. And so I think people want to be here and I want them here if they want to be here. But at the same time, you know, I'm hundred percent open to remote, um, especially give, I mean, obviously we have four VAs that work remote that are a super integral part of our operation and you know no issues there whatsoever so what would make your life at the end of this year in 2022 if you closed your eyes and really thought about it what would make you feel more successful than you are today if you were 
from an accomplishment standpoint, if you were able to accomplish one thing that would make that you're that you're looking at, what what do you think it would be? I don't know. I don't know. You know, a couple of these. You know, we're I delegate pretty well, organizational structure wise. We're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have a couple more people on to kind of help insulate us that way things get done really well without balls getting dropped. Right. I think purchasing an agency would give me a little bit more room in the payroll to hire a couple more people and do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but I don't really know how to answer that question. You know, my, my whole thing is like my definition of success. I enjoy the game of business. That's what I like. Yep. And I, my like kind of great white Buffalo, my place where I want to be, I want to make enough money so that I can play the game of business just for the sake of playing the game of business. What's that mean? Okay. Uh, let's say we need to add another position in our office to do X, Y, Z. I can do that without having to worry about how we're going to pay for it. If a new insurance startup comes on the scene and uh, wants me to invest, which I am doing a little bit of now, but very, very, very small dollars, um, I can write them a big six figure check and buy a big percentage of the company and not worry about, you know, like that to me, that's my definition of success is being able to do those things without having to worry about like, okay, if this goes belly up, my wife is going to be really pissed. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's kind of it for me. And I don't pay myself a ton. I pay myself what we need. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, I just got everybody's W2s in last week and, uh, or this week, and I made less money than everybody in my company. Because I'm not in it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not about it for the money. Like it's it's the game. It's the hardcore meetings and the the problems and figuring out the pieces to the puzzle. That that's what really appeals to me. Yeah, Simon Simon Sinuk says this about that. I believe that's his name. I may maybe Cynic. Cynic. I'm sorry, Cynic. He says uh, what most people don't understand is business is not about beating your competition. Business is the game of business. It is. Who can outlast everybody else? Who can stay in the game the longest? It's a it's a longevity game rather than a competition between your agency and my agency and all that. I tend to agree with that. And the examples he gives is the corporate culture of both Apple and Microsoft. And, you know, he's done a lot of work with both companies and you know, Microsoft just always wanting to know what Apple's doing and they see them as this big competitor and, you know, they, they, they're, they're just always trying to figure out the next move for Apple. And he said that Apple, on the other hand, really doesn't give a damn what Microsoft does. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, we, we don't feel like we're even in competition. We're in the game of business. We're, yeah. We don't really give a damn what anybody else is doing. Yeah. I've always felt like I've never been the guy who's going to do like a marketing campaign or an ad or a video talking about their competition. Right. Because when I see other companies do that, I think, oh, they're worried about that company. Right. You know, there was an insurance company here one time that had a slogan that was like relationships, not reptiles. And I was like, I bet you Geico is kicking their ass 24 <laughs> seven. And that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. You know, so that th- to me, that's an indicator of other things and it gives off a little brother vibe. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I've also worked for the the guy who was so ignorant to what his competition was doing that it hurt him. Uh So I think you have to have a right, a a balance of those two. You definitely don't 
you know, this company makes a chess move, you definitely don't respond. You know what I'm saying? Like you definitely yeah. stay the course and you do your thing. But I think you also should keep tabs on your competition, not to change what you're doing, just to kind of know what's going on. You know what I, I agree. mean? I um, but for me, like I'm the most competitive person I know. And when somebody comes in here for, or somebody calls in for a quote, or we're quoting someone, like one of my guys today was like, hey, I got this big deal on the hook with a, it's a car dealership i think that's what it was and i was like who's a current agent i want to know who we are beating right <laughs> that's all it is right. but also i know i know some of my competitors tendencies so i know like okay this is how they're going to approach that you know what i mean but a hundred percent a hundred percent you know you going around i've seen that with insurance companies you know i've been involved with an insurance company it was really really worried about what this other insurance company was doing i'm talking carriers here and the other carrier just literally didn't give a crap you know, they're just going to do their thing. And, and sure. I think that's that's definitely the right mindset to have. But you can't go so binary and so polar opposite that it hurts you on the other end. You got to kind of have to have a blend of the two, I think. I, I would agree with that. So ePay Policy asked you and I a question. They asked for our uh, input for, a, I believe, a newsletter they were doing. And they asked you and I both separately to give projections predictions, if you will, of what's going to happen in the insurance industry in 2022. Were you able, did you ever get around to giving them your predictions or did I that? No, you have not. No. So I will tell our audience what my predictions are in 2022. By the way, when I leave here, I got to go to the grocery store to buy diapers. So I have stuff I that I haven't done that I need to do. Yeah. I understand. I understand. So my predictions were this, and guys, I'm not a Notre Dame, but I do feel confident that what I'm saying is, is, is going to happen in 2022. I believe that consolidation in the insurance industry among independent agencies is going to continue as long as money is cheap, which as of today, even though we're expecting interest rates to go up throughout the year 2022, I do believe that agencies are going to continue to to consolidate and that we're going to get more, you know, more of that next year or excuse me, this year. I do believe that auto and home rates are going to continue to increase. I believe in 2021 we had 18 events occurred that cost the industry each event cost over 1 billion dollars, some 2 or 3 billion dollars per event. And I don't see a softening of the of the home and auto markets in the U.S. Maybe in certain territories, zip codes, but I think over, we're looking at 2023 before we start seeing some of that. I, I would agree with that. I think maybe in 20, assuming we have a fairly light 2022 in terms of weather events and all the other types of things that are going on. Uh, another driving factor in that is just the we're still. Even today, even though I think it's getting a little bit better, the supply chain disruption, you know, going as far as somebody wrecks, has a fender bender, they take their car to the body shop, we'll have it ready in 10 days. The 10 days turns into two months because the body shop can't get parts, right? You're also seeing right now that can't get insulin in the mail. Can't get what? Insulin. Insulin. That's a problem. That's, That's a problem. problem. We're also seeing a lot of inflation. Prices are going up for things like, you know, or continuing to be high for, for building materials, for auto supply parts. These body shops seem to be increasing their labor rates instead. You know, they're not going down. If anything, they're going up. 
And all of those things combined, in addition to some other things, kind of help make me believe that uh, most home and auto rates, I will be shocked if they don't go up at least a little bit. I think I think capacity is going to be a problem, continue to be a problem. Capacity is a big problem. Yeah, especially among property, especially in places like Florida. I heard something the other day, and I don't remember who told me this, but something about Lloyd's of London – which to me is kind of the goalie, right? They're kind of the last, last <laughs> hope. But somebody told me that they were, you know, kind of getting away from the property market in the United States. And I thought, oh my God, that, if Lloyd's is walking away from it. That is uh, very true. And that it, that is not good. So I think those markets, you know, and, and then you start getting into more of the, the, the business, uh, SIC- Bradley is buying agencies. If anyone's, <laughs> I'm kidding. SIC codes. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of, uh, you know, downturn in terms of rates as far as business insurance across the board, really. I think all of them are going to go up, take a little bit of a hit, some a lot more than others. God forbid you're in an excess and surplus market and you've had two or three claims in the past year because uh, you Bradley are about- is buying agencies. <laughs> You are about to get your head ripped off if you've got a bunch of claims, right? Mm -hmm. I see carriers continuing to partner with our friends and insure techs to help meet clients and agents where they want to be met and continue to try to get rid of that friction. I've noticed a lot of carriers partnering with different insure techs to try to kind of help get rid of some of that friction. I think you're going to see more and more of that. Mm -hmm. The glove boxes of the world, you know, I, you know, people like Glovebox are going to, you know, not people, but companies like Glovebox are going to continue to partner with carriers to try to, you know, help with some of that friction. And then I'm trying to think what else I put in there. I'm having a, a senior moment, but there that's was okay. quite a bit I, of information. I agree with all of that. I think the business is getting harder and harder, but I think that's an opportunity for people like the people that listen to this podcast, they're willing to better themselves and work on their craft. You know, correct. it's very, very, very easy to be a peacetime general. It's a lot harder to be a wartime general, but right. You know, your middle son's name is Patton. Yep. Uh, the wartime generals are the ones we celebrate. Correct. So, you know, it's time for people who want to be real insurance agents. Not that anybody listens, it's not a real insurance, but time for people that want to be rock stars to rise to the occasion. I think yeah. some of that. Yeah, You know, and from a, I'll go from a technology side of things. I think a lot of the M&A activity you guys see is only going to continue. Um, the Bradley reacts videos on uh, YouTube are only going to continue. There's a few acquisitions coming down the pipeline really, really soon. You know, things like Vertifor by an agency zoom applied by an easy links. You're only going to see that more, right? You, know, you have a lot of tremendous change coming in this industry and you also have big players who want to keep things the status quo. And I'm not talking about Vertifor and Applied. I'm just saying in general, you have folks that want to keep things the same and are willing to spend their dollars to do that to eliminate a competitor. And um, I think you're only going to see more of that, which to be frank, I don't think is great for the industry. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some, some agents banding together or some technology insure tech CEOs saying, we're not going to sell no matter what we're going to complete our mission, mm-hmm. you know, before, uh, before there's some real change on that front, I'll just go ahead and say it portals. Ultimate goal is to build our own, our own management system slash 
CRM that we're not going to sell it like it's proprietary to our agency. A lot of the big agencies that I respect the most have done that. And I think that's the best way to hedge against bad things happening. And that's not a 2022 goal by any stretch of the imagination. That may be a 2030 goal, but I think you're only going to see more of that. And I think from a technology standpoint, I think that um, you're going to see more insure techs try to connect directly to insurance CRMs mm-hmm. rather than go through Ivan's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a knock one way or the other for Ivan's. I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. You're also going to see people on the other end, try to keep that from happening. I think insurance podcasts are only going to keep popping up all over the dang place. And uh, so the, my point in saying that is, you know, the information's there. Correct. You, know, you can't Correct. sit back and say you didn't know or you didn't know things were coming. You know, I think blockchain and crypto is only going to become more part of our everyday lives. Right. I think there definitely is going to be a place for blockchain crypto in the insurance space. I think people need to start thinking about that. Or at um, least at least understand. Yeah, at least, at least understanding, understanding it. it. Yeah, at least understanding it. And I'm like the most non-crypto guy ever. I own $800 in crypto right now. So, you know, I think looking at those types of things, but yeah, you know, end of the day, like I have no, no idea, <laughs> honestly, what's going to happen, but we'll just, we'll keep watching and see and, uh, you know, keep listening to shows like this. To, you know, we, we try to, Scott and I try to do our best to, to bring folks the most breaking information possible. You know? So, Bradley, I would like to say info. I would like to say this to our audience, to the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening out here. I know some of what we said could be perceived as negatives. I don't necessarily perceive any of that as a negative. I think all of that to me is sounds good. I mean, mm-hmm. but here's the great opportunity. There is a tremendous opportunity for all of these young agents like Bradley and or and not Bradley's probably a bad example because he's been in the industry for a long time. But for for newer agents and for agencies like mine, which I can I still to this day consider a boutique agency. I don't feel like we're some big bad insurance agency out there. But there's going to be a tremendous opportunity for us to pick up market share, whether it's personal lines or B two B business insurance sales because of the agencies that are selling the people that are clients of those agencies, you know, that's their time to be able to go, Hey, you know, my guy's not there anymore, or this is a different culture and I don't like it. So I want to go get a quote from somebody else. There's just going to be a tremendous opportunity in my opinion, for us to all pick up business as this consolidation continues and agents walk away and they decide they're going to sell out. And then, and then, and then also maybe even an opportunity for agencies like ours to pick up really good people who are kind of left in the wake of that. So maybe it's a great agent that's been working at an agency for some time, the agent sells out and they're like, you know what? I just don't think I want to be there anymore. You know, this is different. And I just don't really like the new, Regime. Yeah, I talked to a guy the other day. We engaged online about me talking about buying his agency on a Sunday. And on Tuesday, we get on the phone and he tells me he's already sold it. Yeah. Like he wanted out that bad. <laughs> like I was like, my gosh, what kind of disaster that I avoid? Right. I mean, who knows? But I will say this 
there will be a tremendous opportunity for the agents that are left, the agencies that are left to pick up some market share. I mean, I've, I've always heard, you know, if you purchase an agency, the normal attrition rate of just the same people aren't running the show anymore and maybe the agency owner's not there anymore, he's gone. The normal attrition rate is somewhere between 10 and 20%. So I guess around 15% leave and go somewhere. It's because it's, now it's their time to shop. They don't have to call so-and-so that used to be their agent and say, hey, we're, you know, we're thinking about shopping. And so I think there'll be a tremendous opportunity there. I will say this, after the Carrie Wallace podcast that came out yesterday, I am very intrigued to have a discussion with multiple agencies, my size or larger, the Chris Paradiso's, the uh, Robert Klinger's, the, the, those kinds of guys out there. Love me some Bob Klinger. Bob Klinger's the best. We need to have him on the show. I'm very intrigued to have a conversation with them about the potential for us to come together in a partnership of, of bringing agencies all together into one yeah. large agency because of some of the things Carrie said yesterday. I think there's strength in numbers. I think if you take four or five agencies and can somehow figure out a, a contract where these agencies come together in a partnership agreement where they're all put into one. I mean, she said it yesterday from an EBITDA standpoint, 11 to 12 times EBITDA. Plus when you, when you have an agency you know, four, five, six, seven agencies that all partner together like that. If you can work out all the details and figure out who's doing what and what's where, uh, you have the, the tail can start wagging the dog there, meaning you have a lot of power because you got a lot of premium with a lot of carriers and, and they will listen when you talk because you've got $30 million, $50 million in premium with with a group of agencies that have partnered together that's something that intrigues me now a lot more than it did absolutely absolutely you you're, you're thinking absolutely right yeah i am i am thinking i am thinking i mean you got my, you got my wheels turning i mean you um, take uh four five six agencies you know of anywhere from 10 million up to 100 million dollars you put them all together if you can figure out the power dynamics of who's doing what and that's the hard part. It is. It is a lot of ego, a lot of people. But if, if, if everybody can kind of put their ego aside and decide that they're going to do this, the power of that one agency is tremendous because you, uh, man, everybody's going to be stepping and fetching when you need something. I can promise you that. Yep. Absolutely. So let's end this podcast today, Bradley. I want to tell you, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Question number one, what is your agency from a, the standpoint of where it is today and goals for 2022? And you don't have to give exact numbers, but just ballpark it. Like where, where are you expecting to be by the end of this year? I have no idea, but hopefully a lot bigger than we are now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm it, it probably I'm, also depends on if some things fall in place. For it you does. Really. Yeah. It does. I'm pleased where we are. I'm pleased with what we've accomplished, but I also know that we're nowhere near our ceiling. I also have a couple of side projects I'm working on that have the potential to be super fruitful. Um, some I've talked about, some I haven't. I'm hoping some of those kind of cross over the finish line in the next couple of weeks. Got a couple projects with Scott that we're working on. 
that have the potential to be super fruitful for not only us, but also you guys. So I'm hoping those things kind of can come into place as well. But as far as a dollar figure, I have no idea. I think for our agency, my expectation is, is this is going to by far be the biggest year that we've ever had as an agency, even if we just stay where we are in terms of manpower. But obviously, the more people you add, if they're really good, uh, and the more agency offices that you open, uh, maybe you don't see that profitability today because there's so much output in terms of cash. But I I do think this is going to be our biggest year ever. It would not shock me. And I know there'll be some agents that listen to this and they're like, we do that every month. Uh, But it wouldn't shock me if we, you know, grew by $5 million in premium this year. That would not shock me. I think our goal is like 3.9 million. I believe we grew by about three and a half million this year in 20 or 2021. But it would not shock me if we got up to 5 million in growth this year in premium. Yeah. Now you can back into the revenue number if you want to talk revenue. Well, and it's but- why it's so important too to talk to somebody like Kerry Wallace. So I was looking at I run my PL every day. I know exactly where I stand profitability every single day. And I uh was a little I talked to her back in December. I was a little disappointed with what our profit was going to be at Portal mm. in conjunction with our gross revenue. And now we are a new agency that is growing, so we're spending money on things we probably should don't have to spend money on in an effort to try and best back an agency and grow, you know, marketing and that sort of thing. So I was a little like, ugh, this isn't that great. And um, I get on the horn with her and we start going over the numbers. And I was like, I gave her the percentage that we were profitable compared to the gross revenue. And she was like, Bradley, she's like, that's phenomenal for a two-year-old agency. She's right. like, I have an agency right now I'm talking to that's five years old, that's growing and not growing at the rate are growing higher than the rate you are. And, and they're, they're in the red, right. You know? And so it made me feel a lot better now, granted how I feel doesn't matter, but it, it gives you an idea of like metrics of where you should be talking mm. to somebody like that. And it's not, here's the thing. It's not her opinion. Like she's looked at so many agencies that she can tell you exactly where you should be versus where you are. Right. And so there's a lot of stuff like that, that, um, that I'm looking at now. So. I would say my biggest goal for this year in 2022 is to get right with the Lord on best practices and understanding best practices more from a number standpoint, cost per employee, down to cost per policy, actually. Uh, We've been working a lot on cost per agency. We've got two scratch agencies that we started last year. And if you look at if you carry out the numbers in the five year, the five year mark, you know, these people are going to have to sell a lot of insurance for us to be profitable. But I I think I think that uh, that's probably my goal is to deep dive more into best practices this year to really understand all of the the data that we have uh, Mm -hmm. to make good decisions for the future. You know, she talked yesterday a lot about benchmarks. You it is very hard, if not impossible to create benchmarks if you don't even know where you're starting. Mm-hmm. You see you know what, what I'm saying? And you know what? On that note, pay attention to who you're modeling your agency after. Yeah. Pay attention to pay attention to what the experts you are listening to have done. 
I just pulled up Facebook a second ago and saw where somebody was featured in an article on Forbes. You know, all these son of a son of a guns that keep posting, Hey, I was featured in Forbes or I was featured in Yahoo finance. Y'all know they pay for this, right? I didn't know that that's paid for. I have the same people in my DMS want me to pay them $1,400 so they can feature me in Forbes. Like all that's paid for. Hmm. So pay attention to the experts that you're listening to when you're modeling your agency after something or taking someone's advice, make sure they have actually accomplished the thing that you're trying to do. Bradley flowers will never give you advice at things that I haven't done. And if you push me to answer the question, I'll tell you, I've never done that. But if I were to do it, this is what I would think. Scott Howell's not going to do the same thing either. Like, but and I'm not, that's not a pitch for you to just listen to us, but I'm just saying like, like look for real successful people that have done the things that you want them to, that you want to accomplish. That's why people like Carrie Wallace are so valuable because she's talked to so many different agencies. That's why people like Chris Paradiso or you know, Chris Paradiso could buy both of mine, Scott's agencies right now. And it wouldn't even be the most exciting thing that, he that did he's that done day. today. <laughs> right. Right. Chris Paradiso is taking craps bigger than my agency. <laughs> right. So like, or, or people like, Bob like Kling, Hanley, Bob Klinger, same way. Bob Klinger, uh, Carruthers, uh, uh, Matt Namoli, like, like, like these are real folks that have accomplished real things. Pay attention to those, those guys and gals. Matt, you know, Matt, Matt audit, Niamoli. audit who you're listening to yeah. and audit, audit the advice that they're giving you. And if it's real advice or if it's fluff, you know, and that's no shot at any one person. I just saw that pop up on Facebook and I'm like, there's agents who are like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. Like, you know, anyway, sorry. Matt Niamoli might be the smartest guy I've met in the insurance industry. We have Smart got days, to man. get him on the podcast. If you guys, if you want to talk about P and L's and, and best practices and uh, buy-sell agreements and how things should be structured. I mean, from an agent standpoint, I mean, I'm sure Carrie and Chris Baran and those guys know more from a, you know, overall big picture and get being in that world every day. But Matt Niamoli, wow. Hey, last thing I'm going to say before I close the podcast down, one prediction I that go. I, I – pre- diapers. I know one prediction I forgot to give. I'm going to give everybody before I shut this thing down. You're going to continue to see an increase in insurance from a point of purchase sale with car manufacturers, with other entities. We didn't even talk about that. That's like the biggest thing. Yeah. Embedded insurance is coming at the point of purchase, especially. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Guys, I'll I'll say this on that. Embedded insurance is the biggest threat to the independent agency alongside double entry but it is also the biggest opportunity for independent agents because we need to look for embedded opportunities. That's it. We you need know. to be the one when you go buy the GM that it's us, our agency on the other side of that. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. We'll deep dive into that later. Yeah. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We love each and every one of you. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world and build relationships. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, and for your parents that are struggling out there today. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I will see you next week at the One City World Tour. All right. I love you, see you brother. Bye. I love you, brother. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.